as soon as I read this headline, I thought we've got to get Megan Devine back on the line. She's a psychotherapist and the author of It's Okay, You're Not Okay. Last time we spoke, Megan, it was right after the death of Anthony Bourdain. And, uh, you know, I told you I was a big fan of Bourdain's and I was shocked as the, as shocked as the next guy that he uh, took his own life. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thanks for having me back again. Thanks for being here. So I, someone put together Anthony Bourdain's long-burning suicidal wick in his own words. And it is a PhD uh, person, the John E. Richards, Richters, rather, PhD, put it together July 8th, 2018, and basically combed through uh, all the episodes of No Reservations and Parts Unknown and also some interviews to um, provide some evidence that, you know, he was fascinated by uh, the idea of suicide. I'm just going to read something here uh, from his, uh, his piece. And this is a quote from Anthony Bourdain. He says, I've had this dream again that I've had for as long as I can remember. And this was at, in a psychotherapist's office in 2016. It was on camera. It was a recorded session. And he's filmed from above and he's lying in a leather couch. And he says... I'm stuck in a vast old Victoria hotel with endless rooms and hallways trying to check out, but I can't. I spend a lot of time in hotels, but this one is menacing because I just can't leave it. And I'm trying to go home and I can't, can't quite remember where that is. He describes himself as being um, like a freak, very isolated. He says that his lifestyle is crushingly lonely. That aired, I think it was um, a couple of months after his breakup with his uh, his second marriage. And it was uh, in 2016, so two years ago. That episode, they say, is unsettling because he hung himself 18 months later in a bathroom in his hotel, which was a converted 18th century mansion. Now, I don't know if that points to his fascination with suicide or not, but when you look deeper into some quotes that this guy compiled, May 2005, an interview with Eight Eight Days Magazine, if I had to make a show called The Naked Chef, I'd hang myself. Another time he says, at no point in my cooking career could I have worked with one of those electric stoves without murdering everyone in the vicinity before hanging myself from the nearest beam. The painful story of my life... uh, and less than distinguished career end up as a five episode of a sitcom on Fox at the end of which I'd pretty much want to hang myself in the shower. It goes on and on. There are numerous references to him saying I'd hang myself. Now, a lot of us, you know, use the phrase, Oh, I'd kill myself. Um, Should this be a warning sign that, you know, if you use, you know, phrases like this, that you could be at risk of, or this person could be mentally unstable and needs your help. Mm. Well, let's unpack the whole thing a little bit, right? Our our fears and our fascinations around suicide in general, right? Like, especially when a celebrity chooses to end their life by suicide, um, we sort of pay a lot of attention to it, right? And there there's sort of that um, that drive-by drama, right? That we want to dig into it and find the dirt on this, like dirt in air quotes here, right? Um, so so combing through let's say, his canon of recorded things, looking for this. Um, we do have that fascination with people, and I, I think this also sort of mirrors or echoes what a lot of people do after they're surviving the death of somebody they love who died by suicide. It's like, where were the clues? What did I miss? Because there's there's that sense that your world gets shaken, mm-hmm. and you want to know, um, could this have had a different ending? What can I do? What 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 could I have done then, and what might I do in the future? Because I never want to experience this again. So that sort of that sort of panic, right? That desperate need to track the clues and find out. One, so we, we can either lay the blame at somebody's feet, right? Somebody missed this. 
right. or we can we can help ourselves feel like we're more um, adequately or appropriately prepared um, to prevent this happening in the future. So, or let yourself the, off the hook. Yeah, or let yourself off the hook. You know, after after you and I spoke, um, you know, a bit ago about. Um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, a lot of the people in my readership or in my community who are surviving after the death of somebody they love, they came back and they were like, um, trust me, the guilt I carry around this for not having done enough is immense. Mm. And, and these are folks who were listening, who were paying attention, who were insisting that their person go to counseling, um, checking in on them all the time. This, this feeling like you were um, a superhero or that you're expected to be, and that we we have to um, that we're the ones who are 100% responsible for keeping our people safe. So that middle ground again of like yes, check in with your people, yes, do what you can, but remembering that you're a support, not a savior, right? And you're always going to relentlessly question yourself. So having said that, going back to like what does this history say? Yeah. Um, about Anthony Bourdain. Well, here's a person who's thought about this a lot. Here's a person who has been pretty open about how hard it was to be him, even with all of those outside markers of success. So, again, lots of things we can take from stuff that outside markers of success are not um, indicative necessarily of what somebody's inner life is like. Mm-hmm. And um, we got to take this stuff seriously. Right. You know, somebody somebody on the inside of we're going to use him, for example, because he's who we're talking about, somebody on the inside of his life saying, I noticed you say this a lot. Yeah, I'd hang myself about. Yeah, that you that you talk about hanging yourself and, and whether that's a joke or not, like it's enough that I'm concerned about it. Can we talk about it? Right. Remembering to keep that in context with like you are not 100 100 percent responsible for somebody else's safety and well-being, but you have a role in that and calling somebody on their repetitive um, imagery, because clearly here is somebody who has thought about it, has chosen a method, right, and um, speaks about that as a response to stress. If I had to be in front of that bro culture, right, um, the bro chef culture, what he was referring to in there, I'd hang myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was stuck in this situation, I'd hang myself. If this, 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 I'd hang myself. So here's here's a um, a repetitive disclosure of if things got really awful for me, I know exactly what I'd do. It's interesting, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but uh, I wonder how much, you know, when he talks about if I had a show called, you know, The Naked Chef, I'd hang myself, or, you know, it seems to be uh, he's focused on how other people would perceive him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's but that's part of being human and how hard it is to be here, right? We're always navigating that dissonance between what we see of ourselves and what we think other people are seeing of us. I think that we expect a lot more judgment than we're actually getting, but also in the public eye, you get a lot of judgment. Everybody's got an opinion about your life. And in Anthony Bourdain's case, people have a lot of opinions about your death as well, right? So that sense of if people thought this about me or said this about me or um, believed this about me, that would be really hard for me to handle. And here's how I might respond to that level of stress. So was putting this together kind of irresponsible or is this doing us a favor, at least saying, okay, here's we're shining a light on Bourdain here, but maybe you could see similar um, patterns forming in somebody that you know? Mm, I think it depends on the context. Um, I don't want to dismiss anybody's work as irresponsible because I'm I don't know their full their full reasons behind it, but I think sharing this sort of piece 
needs to have that wider context of um, here are some things to look out for in your friends and family, and it's okay to have these difficult conversations. And um, you know, let's let's think about what is our what is our judgment in online spaces or celebrity spaces like that lands to a real human being, and how can we be part of a force that um, that encourages others? And if we don't like somebody, cool, you get to have your opinion, but let's not make those pointed weapons because there is a real person on the other end of what we're saying. Megan, I. If we use. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no. Go ahead. So if we use. I, I was going to say, if we're, you know, we can we can talk about this stuff. We should talk about this stuff. Like we, this this is. I mean, this sounds really awful to say, but there's an opportunity here when when media comes out like this around a celebrity death. This is a time to open these conversations, right? It makes it can make an awkward conversation just a little bit easier to be like, so I read this thing, and here's mm-hmm. what it brought up for me. Do you want to talk about this? Because this is really strange. Megan, I appreciate you joining us on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you on, and I'm sure I'll be reaching out to you again very soon, um, you know, to talk about, uh, you know, the state of, you know, people's mental health in, in general and, you know, how you can help people around you that are, you know, possibly dealing with things that are just beyond, um, you know, what they can cope with alone. Yeah, it's a big conversation to learn how to show up for, for ourselves and for each other better. So. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. I just want to throw this out to you. If you are in crisis, if you know who so- someone who is, you can always reach out to the Crisis Services Canada. Their website uh, is available at crisisservicescanada.ca, or you can call one 456 4566